BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Oh my God, I'm on tour. Most to everything is on sale right now. I mean, I am hitting, what, 20, 25 cities. Please go to jenkirkman.com. That's where all the tickets are. I will I will run you through the cities in the middle of the episode. We'll, we'll talk about where I'm going. But right now, I really want Los Angeles people to come see me Friday, July 26th at the Hollywood Improv main stage. If you've been seeing me over the years, this is not some working it out with notes, new material. Oh, no, no, no. This is a proper show like I do on tour. One hour. Please come. I need to sell it out. I am going to be, uh, you know, this L.A. There's important people in the audience. I'm I'm going to be needing to uh, have them be impressed with all your laughter. And we're going to have a great night. And you can also get dinner there, too. So JenKirkman.com. Later on in the episode, we'll talk more about the other cities. And you can go see what they are right now. Enjoy this week's episode. Fondlessness. 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 Episode 295. Oh boy. I have so I have so many episodes planned out in advance, but sometimes life happens. So this week I'm actually gonna talk about some fun stuff. I went to Disneyland. That's right, and I have a lot of stories about it. One of them includes 9-11. I also <laughs> Oh, sorry. I I can't find my notes. Look, I made a list. I thought I was stung by a bee, and I took my pants, including underwear, off in a hiking trail where there was a bar mitzvah going on. What? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I'm going to play a clip for you of some impromptu stand-up that I did at a gig, and I'm going to tell you all about my tour dates. And I'm also going to tell you about... Uh, I got recognized at a Starbucks that they thought I was a hotel worker and they didn't believe me and they were freaking out like I was Elvis, but because they were a fan of this hotel that they insisted that I worked for. Okay. That and more, because you know I'm stream of consciousness on this week's Having Funlessness. And what is having funlessness if you're new to the podcast? Listen, I'm a professional comedian. Whether you like it or not, whether you think I am or not, that's what the W-2 says at the end of the year. And so I get paid to go around the country and do comedy, but I like conversation. I grew up listening to talk radio, and I wanted a place where I could be honest and just talk about random things that happened to me, things that really wouldn't work as stand-up and not that interesting for a book. And you know, I just want to talk to you people. I like being talked to. I like podcasts. So this is where you go for that. And so if you go, I don't think it's funny. Well, then you're thinking exactly what I was thinking. It doesn't have to be funny. So uh, it always ends up being kind of funny because I'm charming. Come on. Anyway. This is the Having Funlessness with Jen Cartman podcast. Okay, so I go to Disneyland and, uh, oh God, I didn't realize how down on it people were. Uh, 
friends of mine busting my balls for going. I don't like when adults go to Disney World. You know what? I'm going to make a plea. And I know it's corporate and Disney and he was a Nazi. Like, I get, guys, you cannot leave your house or breathe if you're going to protest every Nazi and every corporation. Let's just get this straight. World is run by Nazis and corporations. We're all fucked. So that being said, pick how you get fucked. I like to go to Disneyland. You're participating in the, I got it. I got it. I'm horrible. Turn this off. I'm a bad person. So I have always loved Disney World. When I was a kid, it captured my imagination. What was interesting was I told a friend that I was going, and then he started going, saying something to me about uh, Disney princesses. And I was like, I, that doesn't even factor. I know that there's a castle that you walk right in and a princess lives there or Snow White. I don't like any of that shit. I don't, for me, it's Frontierland. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. It's the Mark Twain boats. It's, it's a small world. I never liked anything princess. That was not a thing in the 70s. Little girls weren't being told to be princesses uh, for whatever reason. I, I'm not saying it was a more feminist time. It certainly it certainly was in some ways, and, and just like everything, it also certainly wasn't. But I don't think they'd realized yet that they could market that to young girls. We were probably being marketed other things. And speaking of Nazis, it just dawned on me, and I'm not saying this is an original thought because I, I already looked it up online and there's tons of conspiracy theories about it and there's already sketches that have been made about it. But it did dawn on me when I'm, I'm still reading my World War II book, A Woman of No Importance, about World War II spy Virginia Hall. I know I said, oh, it can be a having fun in this book club. Well, no one spoil it for me because I'm still only halfway done. And... But Klaus Barbie, the worst Nazi of all time, I mean, one of, was personally after her and just going through the streets of France, just a ravenous, sick murderer, like smashing baby skulls on the ground kind of murderer, you know? And I thought, wait, Klaus Barbie, wait, Barbie dolls, that's fucked up, don't you think? That's fucked up. These white Aryan dolls named Barbie. And then I Googled it and the woman that invented them, a German. And she made them right after World War II. So I was like, well, how do I not think that this is some kind of conspiracy? But as it turns out, people who think what I think are like bad conspiracy people, does that make sense? They're like kind of the Alex Jones conspiracy people. So I don't want to be in with them. I, I want to be uh, someone who goes, oh, I'm smart. I figured that out, that subtle thing you were trying to do. But um, she says she named it after some woman named Barb that she knew. And look, if that's what she says, then that's what she says. And uh, she happened to be German. I guess she just was like, people are blonde and blue-eyed as far as the eye can see. So that's how she did. But it did dawn on me that that is very strange. Anyway, so I had Barbies marketed at me, not princesses. And... Uh, so that no, I don't like Disney World having anything to do with princesses. I just like fake lands. I like the Grove. If you if you're familiar with the Grove in Los Angeles, there's a trolley that goes from the Gap to a Top Shop, and you don't need to ride it. And it's not even if you go with Jen. Some people are old and they can't walk, and they have a 
you know, something they're not able-bodied. It's not for them either. It's hard to get on. It's not it's not a ride to help people with disabilities. It's it's just supposed to look like a small Americana town. So I love Disney World. I grew up going to that. I don't like amusement parks. They stress me out. I don't like seeing big metal monsters and and hearing roller coasters. I like that every ride in Disney World is basically enclosed and you go in and you have an imagination, an imaginative time and an adventure. And I love the Haunted Mansion. There was a Peter Pan's ride. Um, and I loved Epcot Center where it was all space age and you learned things and they had this the world pavilion. I mean, they really boiled down some countries to their simplest um, foods and not stereotypes in a bad way, but stereotypes. And you felt like you could travel the world in about six hours by going to all the pavilions. And I liked that because we couldn't afford to travel the world when I was little and I probably would have been freaked out to do it. So it's always been a place that I found really wonderful and it made me happy. And I've always been an anxious, depressed person since I was a kid, born this way. You know, had nothing to do with how much you could cheer me up or not cheer me up. Uh, depression isn't a mood. It is a, it is a disease. And uh, but those times broke through for me. And as an adult, I think it's fun. I think it's cool. And I can drive to it in 40 minutes. And I hadn't been in 11 years. And I felt I need a fake world right now. I need a fake world. I need to see. And anyway, so everyone said, oh, it's going to be hot. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot out. It's always hot. Summer. Okay, it's hot. I'll drink water. I mean, what? There's also, you can go inside and sit in the air conditioning. So there's that. And then B, oh, there's kids there. Yeah, I know. I, I zone them out. I tune them out. See, the, if people go, why do you meditate? It's stuff like that. So you can go to Disney and you're like, oh, there's kids here? I live in my bubble. I live in my, and my bubble is not the coast I live on or the financial bracket I'm in or the color skin hang, hang, people I hang out with. It's the bubble's my head. I live completely in my head. If, if there's 50 kids, if there's one kid, it makes no difference to me. I'm not looking. But something has happened at Disneyland. Something has happened where, um, and, and it might be that video of people brawling there last week that's made people want to stay away, but they have overhyped how crowded it is in the summer. Um, they weren't lying. It, it is overcrowded in the summer that I think people are getting scared of going and just not, not scared, like shaking in their boots, but they're just like, oh, why bother? So it was not crowded at all. For someone who doesn't like crowds, you'd, you'd be thinking to yourself, this isn't crowded. But I'm talking for people that know the, the line rides were 15 to 30 minutes max, sometimes just five minutes. So my friend Michael, you guys have heard him on the podcast before um, a couple months ago. He loves Disney. He has a year-long pass or some such thing. And every time that I see him there on Instagram, I oh, yeah, I got to remind him that I want to go sometime. And then uh, I would always text him, let me know when you're going to Disney. And he'd be like, I'm there right now. And we finally, finally coordinated it. And he had a friend visiting in town. And so we all went. And I'd never been to California Adventures, which I had in my mind, it was a straight up amusement park, metal beast roller coasters, and you have to take a cab to get there from Disney. I didn't know it was, you know, it on the Disney grounds and part of it. And it's this really adorable ode to California. They have streets that are made to look like Hollywood Boulevard and then streets that are made to look like 
you know, Santa Barbara Piers. And it's really just really adorable. And they have alcohol there now. And they have this really beautiful old-timey bar, but not in this Brooklyn what do you call those lights? Like those filament lights where they look exposed looking and the metal chairs, like every restaurant is that now, which I hate. How about comfortable, you guys? As long as you're gentrifying, throw some cushions on the chairs. So, but it's, it's, it was actually a really nice, comfortable leather loungy type place. And the drinks they serve are all from the thirties, forties, all that kind of thing. And so it's kind of cool. We went and had a happy hour at four o'clock. We stopped in, sat in the air conditioning, and I think I had an old fashioned, and uh, it was fantastic. And then we went we went on our way. The, to me, being drunk at Disney, first of all, you don't need to be, but dehydrated, dizzy rides. I don't need to be alcohol and do you know adding that to it. But one drink was perf. And I guess I heard that they don't allow you to have more than two drinks in Disney. I don't know how they uh, enforce that. I don't, I don't really understand it. But anyway, so in the park of Disney, uh, there is no alcohol. But I guess there's this new Star Wars land. So, okay. So I, I'm excited to go to Disney. Now, I don't do roller coasters. And y'all can tell me all you want about how, no, just this. I'm not doing them ever. I went on Thunder Mountain when I was a kid. My dad didn't know what it was. We ate a hamburger, and then he goes, let's just go on this nice train ride. And we get on it, and as the thing is shutting, I'm like, why do we have to have be strapped in by the shoulders on a train ride? I don't, Dad, this isn't the train that goes around the park. Oh, it isn't. I don't know. He maybe to this day was uh, did it on purpose. My dad now, I can't imagine riding a roller coaster because he's 80, but I guess when I first went to Disney World, uh, I was eight, so I'm 44. So 44 minus eight is 36. So 36 years ago, geez, my dad was still pretty old, I mean, right? That he was 51, 46. He was my age. He was like 46, 45. Uh, I don't want to go on a roller coaster for the first time at that age. That was his first time on one too. So I don't know. Maybe he was. I'll have to ask him about it sometime. Maybe he didn't quite know what it was, but he knew it was something he had. You know, it was an in-between. He knew it wasn't the little dinky train that goes around Disney. I don't think he thought it was exactly what it was going to be. But then people start screaming. I hated it. That trauma is in my DNA. Do you understand me, people? That feeling where it feels like someone is vacuuming the breath out of you. You cannot get a deep breath. Your stomach is dropping. Not in a I'm going to throw up way, but in just it feels like someone unleashed a zoo of butterflies from your mouth down to your stomach and it won't stop and it's tickly on the inside of your lungs and you cannot breathe i hated it and i didn't even have that feeling after where you go oh my god that's so scary let's do it again i said never never ever i don't want to do this i don't want to do space mountain and i don't feel like i'm missing out on anything now, as adults, so when we went to Disney every year after that, and then we stopped going because I developed a really bad fear of flying. And then when I was in my early 20s, my dad took me and my sister, Gail, my other sister, did not want to go. And so we went, and I went on Splash Mountain. Whew, that was kind of scary. That's like one of those straight down log flume rides. But I do better with a flume than I do with a roller coaster without water. I don't know what it is. 
So that's me. So I like the real dinky-doo Disney rides. I like the train that goes around the park. I like It's a Small World. I understand they're not correctly representing any race whatsoever, but I enjoy the singing, and it makes me tear up a little bit because technically they're right. And the lyrics actually... I was listening to them yesterday, and there's really only these two lines over and over. It's a world of laughter, a world of tears. It's a world of hope and a world of fear. It was like, oh. I mean, they're not wrong. It is a world of that. But we tend to focus on the laughter, hope. But they're also saying, oh, there's laughter, but there's tears. Don't. Don't think for one second it's some, you know, perfect world we live in. Oh, there's hope. There's also fear. So let me just find the rest of the lyrics. It's a small world. Okay. Hmm. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware it's a small world after all. There's just one moon and one golden sun, and a smile means friendship to everyone. Though the mountains divide and the oceans are wide, it's a small world after all. That's nice. I, I don't remember those parts. I didn't hear them sing the sun and the moon, and a smile means friendship to everyone. But a world of laughter, a world of tears, a world of hope, a world of fears. I don't know. I like that they're keeping it real. I heard that for the first time this time, and I was like, oh, good for you. Um, I like the Jungle Cruise. I like the Mark Twain steamboat that goes around. I like, again, I went on Pirates twice. Twice, people. It thrills me. It's my favorite thing. So I had a good time. and But what I knew, I what I thought I would not like was they have this Star Wars land now. And I was very opposed to it because what I liked about Disney World, I know it's a lot of their movies packaged into the theme park, but there are some rides that are so random that I don't feel like I'm being part of a franchise. And I just felt like this Star Wars land was going to feel so franchisey and like, I don't know, Disney acquiring the Star Wars stuff, that's new and I don't like it. I mean, I'm one of the dorks that likes the Americana parts of Disney World, like the Penny Candy, the shooting range, going to see President Lincoln speaking, the animatronic thing. I will go see that stuff. The Golden Horseshoe Review. I am a weird geek. I didn't do a lot of that this time, but I would do that stuff in general. Um, So I, I don't know about the Star Wars thing, but Obviously, my friend is super into Star Wars, and I wanted to see it. It's fantastic. What I liked about it is I know nothing about anything. I've seen the three movies, like the original ones when I was a kid in the 70s or 80s. And then from there, I don't, the prequel, the sequel, the end of the prequel sequel, the return, I don't know what's going on. Uh, And there's so many creatures that I don't get it. But what I liked about it is it looks like you see all of the big ships that you do recognize from the early movies, the millennial, not the millennial Falcon. (laughs) It's a ship that eats avocado toast. I'm kidding. There was like another avocado toast article the other day. I almost fucking shot it through the world with a cannon. Like, would you fucking out of touch people stop writing about that? Um, Anyway, so millennium Falcon and then uh, some other ship 
and they look like they'd crashed. And it looked like when you walk through into that land, it looks like you are on another planet that's just full of mountains and it looks post-apocalyptic. And it was really cool. So we're standing there and we're looking around and, and like they have their own language. So they say many sons to you instead of hello or, you know, it's kind of cool. But we're standing there and they go look up and there are stormtroopers. I'd never seen one in real life guarding. They were, So I guess in this world, they're still occupying. So it's sort of like the Nazis occupying France or something. And it's also like what the Trump administration wants to do eventually with us. And so I saw these stormtroopers and I got like a lot giddy. Like, oh my God, stormtroopers. I'm like, I'm not even a Star Wars person, but it was like this thing from my childhood, this DNA of like, wow. And it just looked cool. And I just thought, I'm so fascinated with these stormtroopers. And they were up there. And what someone said to me is you're supposed to yell if you're opposed to them down with the first world order or something down with the world down with the first order and um they were i and then i was giving them the thumbs down like they would stare at me and then they would go you better watch it and i was like oh down the burn the first order down that's what you're supposed to say but you can also say down with the first order so i was having so much fun because it as it turns out i'm an interactive kind of gal I kind of like that kind of stuff. If if you're sitting there and um, characters want to come over to the table during brunch, I'm all for it. So I am getting my, you know, people go, hey, why are adults good at amusement parks? It's because to get out the yayas that I can't get out with this administration. So I'm going to play you me yelling at stormtroopers. Just yelling, the First Order will be watching you, and me yelling, I don't care, was a thrill. And they had no answer for that. They just point, they, they looked confused and pointed at me. And I was like, that's right. So that, that, that really gave me a thrill. And then they would start walking around, and it was scary. It really was scary. I don't know. I, I had a ball. I had a ball. So here's the best thing that happened that day, yeah, which was yesterday, but not not to you. To me, it was yesterday. You'll, you'll hear this in a week. You know my thing with small talk. I hates it. People often take that to mean, I'm a snob. I don't want to talk to strangers. Don't even look at me. That's not what I mean. I just despise transactional small talk. You're buying something. How's your day going so far? I always say, just get real. And I've jokingly said, ask me where I was on 9-11. That's a... You know, oh, where were you? Oh, wasn't that terrible? Okay, well, good to see you. Thanks for the candy. Bye. So we walk into Get Brunch. And I'm a little PMS. I'm going to admit, I'm a little just like low-key cranky. But not in a way that anyone knows. Just in a way that I'm low-key cranky because I'm tired and I have PMS. But thrilled to be there. So that's making up for it. But I was, you know, I didn't have much patience for, say, if I got attacked by a sea of small talk, which I didn't. So we walk into this brunch at this hotel there. And Michael and his friend Keith were walking in front of me. 
And as we walked in, the waitress said, where are y'all from? And I just said, Los Angeles, like just I'm shutting this shit down. We're in Anaheim. It's 32 miles away. You're not going to do some, here's how we do things here. We know, blah, blah. We're not tourists. And she didn't really listen to my Los Angeles. And then Keith said, Brooklyn. And she went, oh, I went to Brooklyn once. And then I was like, okay, let them talk. And I didn't hear a word they said. And I'm so bummed that I didn't. We sat down at the table and I said, what did she say about Brooklyn? And he goes, she told me about a 9-11. She mentioned 9-11. I go, what? I missed it. My dream came true. Someone that works, mind you, this is Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. Within two seconds of seating us, she brought up 9-11. And the best part was she wasn't even in New York on 9-11 and yet still wanted to talk about it. Damn it, I was so mad that I missed it. And then it must have been one of those things where she just was the one that took us to our table and then someone else came over and said, here's how brunch works. But we never saw her again. And so, I don't know, maybe I dreamt her. But basically what she said to him was, uh, oh, what part of Brooklyn? And he said, wherever he lived. And she said, I was staying in a hotel right near the Brooklyn Bridge. And I was on the roof and it was such a beautiful night. And I took a picture of all of Lower Manhattan and the Twin Towers were in the shot. And then one week later, you know, awful. (laughs) So she was on vacation. She must have gone back home before 9-11. And she has one of the last photos of the Twin Towers. And uh, it made me so happy. I was like, you know what? People who think Disneyland is just for kids. It's not. There's stuff for adults to do. There's alcohol now, and there's waitresses who are willing to talk about 9-11. And then she came back. You know, then after she sat us, she did come back over to make one last joke. She goes, and by the way, eat anything you want because there's no calories in Disneyland. And I'm like, I love that you tried to do your cheesy little joke, but we all know what a dark soul you are because you really wanted to talk about 9-11. Thank you. So. I highly recommend. I highly recommend it. I Listen, and I'm not even trying to feel like a kid again when I go. I'm just trying to feel like an adult who isn't in constant terror and despair over the world or earthquakes or whatever. I mean, I talk about 9-11 all the time, not to be flippant, but because I'm still working the trauma out of my soul about it, and it helps me to talk about it. So I'm not trying to go to Disney World to act, I'm not going like Mariah Carey wearing d- flippy ears, Mickey Mouse ears, and lollipops. I'm behaving myself like an adult, but I just enjoy. I enjoy the rides. I even enjoy the freaking, you know, little shows that I see them putting on, and it's cool. I think it's theatrical, and I think it's great. And I think everybody needs to chill out and be nicer to me when I'm posting things about it. On Instagram instead of writing, oh, God, that's hell. Well, then don't go. Don't tell me what my hell is. Everyone's fun is different. That's the whole point of the fucking podcast, isn't it? Everyone's fun is different. (sighs) Okay, so 
I really want to encourage all of you to come see me on tour. I keep adding dates because I have to add enough shows to try to make some goddamn money this year. Uh, there is no, oh, I'll get you next time. If you don't come this time, then the venues don't really want you to come. Well, they'll say you can come back, but we can't, uh, you know, we can't guarantee you any money. So just go support live comedy. Nobody is doing it for fun. It's it's truly people doing it for a living. And uh, there's always stupid, you know, I have a great audience. When I'm not doing comedy clubs, I sometimes do ask questions of my audience if it's at a little independent theater or a rock club, because I know my people and I know they're not going to dis- disrupt. So in this clip, I'm talking to this woman. I was just making a joke about my neck arthritis and how I couldn't move my neck in the morning uh, at this Pilates class. And this girl uh, that was teaching the class uh, asked me if I was hungover. And I said, no, I'm just 44. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. And then she said, if you need to leave class, let me know. I was like, no, it's fine. I'm allowed to be out and stuff. So I just started talking about yoga. And I just had like a brief a brief chat with this woman in the audience. And now here's the thing. I knew exactly the kind of yoga she was talking about. And I just was taking on the persona of playing dumb for a second so that we could just all have a laugh. And uh, so here's just a weird improve, 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 you know what I'm saying? Impromptu moment from me on tour. Uh, Enjoy it. And then we'll tell you what the tour dates are after that. Do you walk, do you just walk away and look down? fun to laugh isn't it isn't it fun to laugh all right my phone just rang somebody from equatorial guinea called me no i don't know anyone from there i'm gonna block that number um i wonder what that's all about so here is where i'm gonna be now if you buy tickets in advance and what do i mean by advance i mean buy them now online buying them day of online or at the door is not in advance, but buying them right now for my gigs in August. I call it August in advance. I know I'm very clever. Uh, Those dates are August 10th, Minneapolis. I am back at the Cedar Cultural Center. I love that place. The last time I was there, uh, Prince had just died the day before and y'all still came out for me. And then I went and did the Women's Center the next year, but I'm back at the Cedar Cultural. That is Saturday, August 10th. Yes, I am selling and signing books personally after the show. It's going to be a great show. Now, if you buy tickets on my website now, jenkirkman.com, 
just right there on the homepage or click tour, you will get a digital download card of my comedy album, Just Keep Living, which was my Netflix special, but the uh, audio version is now available as a comedy album. And there are 17 bonus minutes that I recorded at another time where I take you behind the joke. I tell you what's real, what wasn't, and it's funny. So, and that's how it works. You just send proof of purchase to iseemfun at gmail.com. All the information is on my website, jenkirkman.com. But just know that for all my August dates, if you buy tickets in advance, you get that free comedy album at the show. So, Minneapolis, August 10th. Nashville, Tennessee, August 15th. Birmingham, Alabama. This is my debut. If you live anywhere near there, if you're like, I'm in Florida, come on up. That is Friday night, August 16th. Don't make me feel like a fool for coming there. Uh, August 17th, Athens, Georgia. And I have a really fun band opening for me. I mean, that's fucking fun, isn't it? Come see me at the 40 Watt if you want to hang out where REM used to play. Come on, cool people. August 21st, I'm in San Antonio. That's also my San Antonio debut. Can you believe that? And then August 22nd, back in Houston at the Heights Theater. I love it there. And the hilarious and awesome, musically gifted Betty Sue will be opening for me there. August 25th, Sunday, I am in Austin, Texas. It is my last show as a 44-year-old, so it is my special birthday show. And my friends at the North Door are amazing. They always have, like, fun drink specials. I'll be bringing gifts to give away to you guys. That's right. That's the kind of birthday girl I am. You guys are going to get free merch. And um, let's see. Uh, So those are the August shows. After every show, selling and signing books, you can buy copies of the book there. And in the Alabama and Georgia shows, I may have some people there at the end of the show who will talk to you about what you can do to help the anti-women laws that are happening there. And it turns out boycotting is not a thing that really helps. Uh, What I was taught by these women who run these organizations, boycotting is a thing people should do before the legislation ever goes into place. But now that we are where we are, there are ways to help. And it doesn't just mean with your money. So don't worry about that. It's not people asking for your money. It's people explaining what's going on so that you can even just go out in the world and explain it to people. Or if you want to volunteer your time, that's great. And also they can give you options of ways to donate if you want. But it's really just a way for me to use my shows to not only make you laugh, but educate you about some stuff and make you feel not so helpless. There are things that we can do. September, Brooklyn, 9-11. Come on, people. Come on, that waitress. Come on back. I will be at the Bell House. I can't believe it. That is, you know, I mean, I can believe it. It's my favorite place to perform, but I need it to be sold out in advance, and it's not yet. So let's do that right now. Wilbur Theater, Boston. I am back on September 13th, Friday the 13th. Spooky or not. Um, Please come to that. And then I am at the Kabu Festival in Del Mar. Individual tickets, I believe, will be going on sale soon. Right now, you can just buy a pass to the whole festival. All that's on my website, jenkirkman.com, right on the homepage. Then Toronto, I am doing three stand-up shows as part of the JFL 42 Festival, September 19th through the 22nd, and a live Having Fun Listeners podcast taping on a Sunday afternoon. I think that sounds delightful. And uh, then... Individual tickets are on sale, or you can buy a pass to the whole festival. Then I'm in London. Tickets are already going pretty fast. The uh, Monday night show and the Friday-Saturday show are the ones going the fastest. I am at the Soho Theater with my new show, Gen X, and it'll be uh, September 30th through October 5th. Then, in Manchester, as part of the Women in Comedy Festival, I am playing the Frog and Bucket. That's so Manchesterian. Uh, 
Sunday, October 6th, and then Boom Chicago in Amsterdam on October 8th, and then Chat Noir in Oslo, Norway, October 13th. Obviously, these are my Amsterdam and Oslo debuts. Come on out. Enjoy it. And then uh, book signings and all of that will not be happening in London, Toronto, and Europe. But uh, of course, I will take a picture, say hi after. The, just the logistics of getting books there and selling is ridic. So let's not be reduc. Also, I will be then back in America and I'm gonna be in Oklahoma City on November 6th and then going to Milwaukee on November 7th. Both places I have been many times before. You're always so great to me. Tickets on sale right now and then November 17th, Sunday night, back in San Francisco. Last year when I was there, it was during the fires and I couldn't breathe. (laughs) And you all came out anyway. I cannot confirm with you guys yet the venue. I know what it is, but they won't let me say. Tickets will go on sale in September. And then I am in Durham, North Carolina, doing two shows, Saturday, December 7th, and then the night before, sorry, Friday, December 6th, in Richmond, Virginia. This is my Richmond, Virginia debut. And these are regular comedy shows, but with a touch of Christmas. It's going to be super fun. I mean, festive, fun, 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 fun. And of course, my annual Christmas show will be coming up this year. Details on that. I mean, how many more effing shows can I announce? And fun, 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 on August 1st, I will be on your TVs again on Comedy Central as a guest on David Spade's new show. I think it's called Lights Out. All right. Here's just a little bit of business for you. If you have a question or a comment, you can send it to iseemfun at gmail.com. I know that's the old name of the podcast, but I find that email account to be easier to work out of. If you want to, I don't know, go to the Facebook page for this show, go to facebook.com slash havingfunlesspod. And if you look at the pinned post, that will take you to the secret Facebook group where you can chat with other podcast fans, fans of this podcast. I am no longer running it. I am not in the group. So you can even go there and go, Jen's a big jerk. Now, the reason I don't have anything to do with it anymore is because I don't think it's appropriate. I don't, uh, there's just a big old lawsuit at some point waiting for me to happen. Like if people get mad at each other or this person said that, people think I actually noticed this stuff. I get a lot of direct messages saying this person was mean to me. Guys, I can't help you. People think they know me better than they do, which is lovely. That's like what you want as a performer. You want people to like you and know you, but it gets a little intense sometimes and people reach out to me for things that are way beyond my pay grade. And uh, I just think it's best if I take a step back. And also, I don't always like to read what people don't like. So, uh, yeah, I think you should all be free to be yourselves uh, without me there. It's really not my business. And also, if you want to follow on Twitter, it's at having funless pod. Okay, okay. Give this podcast five stars, write a review on iTunes. I may read it on a future episode. And of course, and of course, watch my comedy on Netflix. Just keep living and I'm going to die alone. And join that. Join that newsletter. I even made a newsletter page on my website, jenkirkman.com. Click newsletter. It'll teach you how to, it'll teach you how to join it. It's pretty easy. You just sign up and then uh, you'll always get emails about tickets being on sale and you'll never, ever miss a show again. Never, ever, ever. Oh, I did get recognized twice in Disneyland. That was pretty exciting. I was, um, this guy, wa- oh my God, this guy walked by me and this is 
this is um, before, no, I we went to the Star Wars land twice. Like we went to check it out and then we walked back uh, to go on some ride that we had fast pass for and then we went back so that we could go on a ride in Star Wars land and I walk by this guy and he walks by me and he goes, hey, I like what you do and it's important and you're funny. And I said, oh, thank you. And he didn't say hi, Jen, or let's get a selfie. He kept walking. And I was like, what if it was not, a, what if he meant the way you stood up to the stormtroopers was important? And I'm like, another fan, just making people happy. But I'd like to believe that it was a fan of my comedy because he did add you're funny, but maybe he thought the way I stood up to the stormtrooper was both important and funny. I'll never know, but that was nice. So if you listen to the podcast, thank you, sir. Um, and then we got on Pirates uh, for the second time around nine at night. We requested the front row and these girls were getting off the boat. They just finished the ride and they all went, Jack Kirkman, oh my God, Jack Kirkman. And they were kind of older teenagers. And I was like, that's so cool. I felt like a pop star. And I wanted, you know, these moments I want to go, what? how do you know about me? Tell me. I, I, like, I do market research. Come see me in Los Angeles, July 26th. But you can't do that. So I just go, hi, you guys. And then I'm like, do I know them somehow? But I, I think they were. My friend confirmed. He goes, I think those were fans. So that was pretty exciting. Guys, I, I encourage you, if you ever see me out and about, please make a fuss. <laughs> It never gets, I mean, it gets old if there's like, if it's weird, but um, it lets me know that anybody is listening. Uh, so I will tell you about not, oh, I said two idiot things I did in the park. I was too afraid to go on this ride called Soarin, um, S-O-A-R-I-N, like like you're soaring. It was, um, now, now here's the thing with panic and anxiety disorder. It's not rational and it's not based on fear. It's based on knowing your physical body so well and going, oh, I'm a little tired. I'm a little dehydrated. I had too much sun yesterday and I'm PMS. All of this can lead to my body having an irrational reaction to something that it perceives as a threat. And then I'm going to be having a panic attack, which is so annoying because it's a loss of control feeling and like you can't breathe and it every second is a hell. And if you're on a three minute ride, like it's a lot, it's a lot and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's hard to calm yourself down. You can't change your environment in that moment. And so we were going to go on this ride at California Adventure. That is, you just, it's a long row of, it almost looks like if you've seen pictures of planes that you know our troops take to to go you know to travel and it's like all those like kind of flight seats very metallic all in a row and then you sit in them and then it lifts up I mean it's literally only like 15 feet above the ground and so your legs are dangling and then it's one of those big IMAX screens but you're really in it and it's just you flying all over California. And I get that it's relaxing and lovely. And on a different day, if I hadn't had caffeine and if I had had enough sleep, of course, I would love it. And I might feel a little palm sweaty and a little weird, but I'd be able to talk to my brain and say, Jen, you're just on a ride. Just shut your eyes for a minute if you need to. But I, I knew I, I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot of 
uh, reserves in me that day. I just didn't. And I wasn't willing to do it. So we get in the ride and I actually see it. I go, uh-uh, I'm not doing this. And Michael sits down and his friend sits down and the, the, this guy with like three children under five are sitting in the row. And I go, I'm not doing this. Michael's like, no, it's really gentle. Just and I go, it, all your description sounds great. I just know I'm going to have a panic attack, not based in anything. And uh, this guy next to me goes, you're scaring our children. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> I just, and they were like, okay, we're starting. And I went, all right, bye. I'm not doing this. And I ran out. And just in time for the doors to shut. And then I just stood in a hallway like, I don't even know if I'm locked in here forever, but I waited it out. And I went on YouTube and I Googled soaring and I watched it on YouTube. And it wasn't that great anyway. I mean, I know you had to experience it the way that they did, but I'm fine. Then I got too scared to go on Cars, which is based on the cartoon movie Cars, which was a California adventure because there's this one part where they, they look like they're going really fast and sort of like dip, you know, like turning to the side and people are screaming. But I think they're screaming in a wee, not like Thunder Mountain, ah, screaming. And we were about to get on the ride and I go, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I didn't. I mean, I, I know I'm sounding like an annoying high maintenance person. I just, I know myself. I'm like, I'm not doing it. But I'll see you guys out there. By the way, go to an amusement park with me if you want someone who's chill. Like I will just like sit and just chill and look at things and live in my head as I do. I'm not like, hurry up. I don't want to do that. I'm like, go do your thing. I'm waiting. So uh, just giving myself a plug. But yeah, you're scaring our children was kind of my favorite thing. So speaking of that, um, well, I'll tell you where I got. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you about how I almost scared a bunch of boys at a bar mitzvah who maybe were about to see their first vagina. Um, but before I tell you that, I was at a... Starbucks and there's this hotel in my neighborhood that I live for. I don't stay there, but I like their restaurant. It recently had a new redo and it's really cute and I love their outside area. It's just adorbs. And the wait staff do not wear uniforms. They just wear whatever they're wearing. But I assume the hotel employees maybe have a certain uniform from what I gathered from this story. So I walk into the Starbucks in my neighborhood, which is not far from this hotel. And I walk in and this young girl could totally be in the JK demo is behind the counter, maybe early twenties. She puts her hand in front of her face. She goes, Oh my God, I'm obsessed. Now, what else would you think if you're me and you're semi in the public eye? I go, Oh, thank you. And she goes, I love it. Oh my God. I love it. But she's not saying I love you, but she didn't say I'm obsessed. It was very neutral language, but clearly it was about me. I was the only one in there. And she goes, I know you, right? So then I'm thinking, oh, I see. This is one of those things that happens where someone thinks they know me, but then it turns out, oh, drunk history. She goes, you work at the hotel, right? And I go, no. I go, oh, I was just there the other night for drinks with a friend. And she goes, no no, you work there. And I said, no, I don't. And she goes, you're not in the hotel industry. And I go, no. And she goes, why are you wearing the uniform? And I was just wearing a striped shirt from this company, Madewell, which should totally be a sponsor of my podcast. And I said, um, I don't know, I just got this shirt at Madewell. And she was like, I think that's where they get their uniforms from. So she thinks I'm like a front desk employee or one of the maids or one of the like event planners. I don't know what who's wearing this uniform. 
Or maybe the, the wait staff does wear it and I never noticed. I don't know. And she goes, oh, that's what I was saying I was obsessed about is because I thought you worked at the hotel. And I was like, I'm obsessed with your hotel. And she goes, she basically said, well, why did you accept the compliment? then?" <laughs> and I said, oh, I thought you were obsessed with my work. And she goes, I am. You work at the hotel. I go, I don't work at the hotel. I, th- I go, never mind. I'm a writer. And n- never mind. I thought you were knew my work. And she goes, it would be weird to recognize like a writer. That was like, yes, it would. Forget it. Forget it. I didn't want to say comedian because you know how that goes. Anyway, so I must look a lot like this woman who works at the hotel or I wear a shirt of the hotel which is great. I mean, the hotel is stylish, so I'm glad that I'm in the same ensemble. But um, it's always so embarrassing to be like, oh, my God, I almost said to her, I have a copy of my book in, in my car if you want me to sign it and give you one. She'd be like, what? So I'm hiking. Now, I have a longstanding fear of bees because I don't know if I'm allergic and I never want to find out. And my sister, who is probably listening to this shout out, used to make fun of me, and I thought it was so mean. My friend Meredith and I were riding our bikes around this little patch of cement. You know, I grew up on a golf course. My dad's the greenskeeper. My backyard was literally the fourth hole of the golf course. And we're riding our bikes around this sort of back area near the maintenance garage, and there's this little almost cul-de-sac circle. We're riding in it. My parents made me keep my training wheels on for so fucking long that I'd be riding them eight years old and the members, when they would walk from the third hole to the fourth, they would have to walk like on the sidewalk that crossed in front of our house. And they go, Ronnie, take our goddamn training wheels off already. I'm like, hi, Mr. Jones. Everyone was like, you are over parenting her. What is going on? So I thought bikes were some dangerous thing. So by the time the training wheels were off, I was, you know, I think pretty good at bike riding, but maybe not that confident because I was still in my head that this must be dangerous overall. So I'm on the the patch of cement with my friend Meredith. I don't know why we're riding around in a circle. It couldn't be explained to me, but I have the memory of it as clear as day. The reasoning has has since been gone from any part of my brain. Uh, Maybe I was too scared. I don't know. I mean, but we used to ride our bikes into town. Maybe we hadn't gotten to that point yet. I don't think we had. I was about eight. I think the training wheels had only been off a few months. Riding around in a circle, there's a bee, one of those big fat bumblebees. And I know someone, that was kind, whenever you say anything about something, oh, those kind don't sting. Well, I don't care. They're freaking me out. Whether they sting or they don't, I'm eight. I assume it stings. It's called a bumblebee. I heard they sting. Oh, queen ones. All right, I got it. And tarantulas don't bite. But you want one on your face? I don't think you do. So I'm like, ah, oh, bee, a bee, and I start kicking it. And when you start kicking at a bee and you're on a bike, guess what happens? You lose your balance. And I fell off my bike and I fell on my face. The way old people, when they fall, they don't put their hands out because they've lost their reflexes. That basically happened to me. My mouth was like pudding. Like my lips were brown and mushy for weeks. My nose was all cut up and I broke a tooth and I knocked an adult tooth out and my tooth died. So my tooth turned black and we had to get some shit ass crown 
to put on my tooth that was, you know, whatever the 80s was. And I always had sort of a discolored tooth. And my two front teeth were always bigger than the rest. And you can see it if you want to look at like old episodes of me on after lately. I, I, I even had a different way I spoke. I had a little bit of a lisp. Um, my teeth were different. And the discoloration kept getting worse over the years because it was old bonding. And then when I went to a dentist, finally they said, you should do veneers. And I, and I did on four teeth in the top. Cool story. So my sister, remember when a bee was chasing you and you fell on your face? I'm like, yeah, ha ha, real funny. Well, guess what happened? I went to school and my teacher treated me like I'd broken my leg. She wouldn't let me do anything. And we used to have, you know, everyone in the classroom would have different chores they would have to do. And I used to have some kind of like, go down the hall to the library and get this and bring it to the classroom every day. And she goes, Jenny, you can't do that. You fell on your face. I'm like, would you stop telling me? I mean, everyone knew. And my face was just busted for a while. And I remember hearing this kid, Scott Shapiro, in the back of the room. I'm in third grade. And he said to his friend, I used to have a crush on her, but now she's so ugly. It's like, yeah, it's not permanent, you little fuck. My face was busted because I fell on it. And his friend was like, totally. Then, fifth grade, two years later, the last day of school, Scott Shapiro, who I never really talked to that much, but the one that I just told you said to his friend, she's so ugly. He gives me this little wooden dog with a clock in it in the center. It was like a gift, like a cute little thing you put on your desk. I go, what's this for? He goes, because I like you and I want you to be my girlfriend. I go, what? And I punched him in the chin. Why? I had impulse control, I guess. I'm not saying I hurt him. But he was like, what? And I go, you called me ugly. And I just ran off. So you know what? Your actions come back to you. You don't just call a girl ugly and then ask her out two years later. Now, granted, he didn't know I heard him. But there's ears everywhere in a third grade classroom. I told you guys I'd make a good spy. You don't whisper behind a behind the, the cubby hole and think I'm not going to hear it. What else do I have going on? My My ears were never better after my sense of smell had been taken from me for a month from falling on my nose. So anyway, bees aren't my jam. But one time I was in my dad's maintenance garage at the golf course and I sat down on a chair and I thought I sat down on a nail and I went, yeah, and I got really dizzy and I didn't know what happened. And I felt this thing in my back and it was a stinger and I'd sat on a wasp. I went in the house. Oh my, God. my mother took care of it. She put ice on it. I guess we determined I wasn't allergic, but I did have some kind of weird dizzy thing. I think we called the doctor and they're like, no, she's fine, but it can make you dizzy or she's sensitive to it. You know, who wouldn't be? So my life's goal never gets stung again. So far, I haven't. So I'm hiking the other day in my new shorts that I got at Everlane. They are a sponsor. They are not a sponsor on this week's podcast, but I do love Everlane's clothing. And um, I'm done with the hike. Now I'm at this place called Fryman Canyon in Studio City. And there's an entrance on Mulholland Drive and it's this little part of it called Tree People. And it's really cute. They have a little amphitheater outside and like Sinbad does comedy there sometimes and there's shows and it's a really cute area. But anyway, it said uh, the Asher Family Bar Mitzvah is, uh, you know, down in the little amphitheater area having a bar mitzvah. And uh, the family was obviously parking up where I was parking. 
and they were all uh, coming back up from the bar, bar mitzvah. Or I don't know if the bar mitzvah had happened yet, but they were there was people dressed up and event planners and the whole thing's getting ready. But, you know, young people, 12, 13. So I go back to my car and I have to pee really bad. And I get in my car and I sit in the seat and I decide I'm just going to go home really quick because I, I don't feel like walking to the and using the public bathroom there. I sit down. Ew! That same feeling I got when I sat on that wasp. Whew. And I was like, I just got stung by a bee. And I started to get really dizzy. And I thought I was blacking out. And it hurt so bad. And I was like, ah! And I grabbed it. And I felt the stinger. And I was like, no! And I just freaked out because I didn't want it to still be in me. And, you know, I, I don't know if I told you guys this, but I was hiking a couple weeks ago. And I saw this really crazy bug. Looked at the size of a hummingbird, but it's called a tarantula hawk. And these two people stopped and we talked. And they said... It, it's this crazy thing that gets tarantulas and once it stings one, the tarantula starts like imploding from the inside. It takes weeks to die. It's totally insane. And if it stings a person, they're like, you're down for the count for the day. It's really bad. So I thought this is, I must've just been stung by a tarantula hawk. And I want, I don't want my clothes on anymore. I just freak out and I open my car door to use this sort of a barrier and I just pull my pants down and my underwear and I can't find the bug and I can't find the bug. And then I look and it's a pin. It was a pin. It was a pin because I hadn't taken the price tag off of the shorts yet. And they, they actually have a very nice pin that they <laughs> they have the price tag pinned to or the, the label. And then I pulled that out of my back and I realized that I, there was no bug and that I was standing there with no pants on. And there were people walking by. Now, I don't know who saw what, but somebody saw something. And I didn't want to look up, and so I just put my clothes back on really quick. And I yelled, stung by a bee! Oh! Just so they were like, why is she nude? You know? Um, And then I drove off. And so I apologized to the Asher family bar mitzvah. That was not my intention to shock anyone or take away anyone's innocence. Whew. I probably should... I don't know. I feel like I might need a permanent chaperone. Anyway, well, I have gone on and on way too long. I think I, t- I talked to you guys about everything. I talked to you guys about everything I want to talk about. If you do buy tickets to my shows, do me a favor. If you have Twitter or Instagram, can you like tweet about it? Be like, oh my God, I'm going to Jen's show. I will retweet you. I'll give you a shout out personally from me. And you can hashtag it Jen Kirkman 2019. That really helps. Do not just hashtag it Jen Kirkman because that's where everybody goes to hashtag me, especially the people who hate my guts. So hashtag Jen Kirkman 2019. Buy those tickets. Let me know you're doing it. We are going to have fun on tour this year. I love doing it. Love, love the show. Hate the promotion. Until next week, have fun.